welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Sisters, the spoopy season is upon us. Yay. It's spoopy. It's Philly. It's my favorite season. I know, it's your very favorite pumpkin-scented spoopy season. <laughs> Not even fall, <laughs> just spoopy season, which is just all of October. We are ready in this house. We have an inflatable ghosty. We have an inflatable little witch. We have an inflatable spider. We have more fake spiders. We now have a pumpkin on the front porch. We have Count Mikula. We've got fall-themed mini. We have so many. We have a Jawa holding a pumpkin. You say you have a ghost and a witch. They're like adorable ghost and witch. Like they're smiling and have like rosy cheeks. I said a ghosty. Ghosty. Okay. Ghosty. I, I don't think they want to have like super brutal, realistic, like Halloween props going on when they got a sweet, sweet baby in the house. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like dismembered limbs and, 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 you know, skeletal torsos or anything, unfortunately. <laughs> Charlie used to really be into that kind of thing. Uh, maybe not dismembered torsos, but she, if you remember last year, our Halloween buddies, we call them our buddies. Yeah, our I Halloween, remember those buddies. Our Halloween buddies last year included a, a very adorable little Dracula. So that was cute. It was like a little sparkly Dracula doll mm-hmm. that was like her size. Or like stand up, not doll, but like front porch kind of thing. And then the other was a little teeny Jason. With a knife. With a knife. Bloody knife. Was, he was covered in blood, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was he was cute. covered in blood and he was holding a knife and she loved him. She'd say, my buddy. And she'd mooch him and <laughs> carry him around. And We had this really weird game we played for a while where... Jason was saving Dracula from... I remember this game. I don't even remember what the... Was it Darth Vader? I think it was from Darth Vader. You're right. Jason was saving Dracula from Darth Vader, and she was helping wearing her Superman cape. It was very confusing. I would watch the heck out of that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of movies... Hey! Look who's transitioned. Our winning today... We're going to talk about scary movies. I just pitched that and you hit it out of the park. <laughs> um, I I have been lax so far this, this Halloween season. I have not watched a scary movie yet. And I feel I've like only watched one. I, I never stop watching scary movies. So <laughs> just, this is just when I am not the like the weirdest person for like Taylor, a month. Taylor's in a constant state of watching a scary movie. <laughs> she just pauses it when she goes to work, comes back, restarts it. That's way closer to true than you think. <laughs> um, we are all, I think it's fair to say, we're all fans of scary movies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Taylor probably the most so. Yes. Um, yes. Because I will admit... I do have like, I can't watch, we talked about this last time, I can't watch scary movies too late at night. And sometimes I have to take a break because they really get it like in my head. They mm-hmm. get, they buried deep down into my psyche. And <laughs> thank you, Exorcism of Emily Rose. And then I have nightmares about it for several weeks. And so I have to take a break. But generally we all enjoy them. See, see that all happens to me too. I just don't stop. I just live in a constant paranoid, scared state. <laughs> keep feeding it with more movies that uh, that fuels your art yeah. this goes back to childhood actually do you, do you remember our our uncle showed us um hellraiser when we were very young mm-hmm. and uh that was we were staying at his house and there were two beds one had a blue bedspread one had a red bedspread and have I, I told this story before? I'm not I sure. I don't know. If, I don't think you have. I, I mean, I know so. this story well. I'm the villain uh, of this tale. You, you, you are because there's that scene where the guy gets pulled in through the bloody bed. And so we were both terrified of sleeping on the one with the red bedspread. So Sydney pretended to be sick. I think you made yourself vomit specifically so you could sleep on the blue bed because it was closer to the door. And you said, well, mom needs to hear me because I'm sick. So, <laughs> so I did not sleep on that bed. I slept under <laughs> Don't punish me for being clever. <laughs> now, Sydney, you were three years older than Taylor. How how old was poor little Tay at this point? I, uh, we were like, I was like six or seven in this story. Like, I was oh. not of the age to watch Hellraiser. She, well, neither of us were, to be fair. <laughs> fair. She, she was young, but I was teaching her. She was learning mm-hmm. quickly mm-hmm. from the master. Mm-hmm. See, that, that's what I, I had the, the, the thought process. Well, if you sleep under the bed... Then there's nowhere for the monsters to come from. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
I guess that's pretty that's, fair. Well, that's I mean, solid it's kid logic. It's the same logic why so many nights I remember sleeping with my head under the covers as if like the monster was going to come in the room and go, well, I guess nobody's here. <laughs> or like you pull your feet up from the bottom of the bed because it's like, well, they're going to reach for my feet. And when there aren't feet there, they're going to just not go that extra like, you know, a couple inches to get any other part of me. <laughs> <laughs> that That actually leads me to... One of the first scary movies I remember seeing that like I was again, we watched scary movies, at least Taylor and I did. I don't know if we if we traumatized you this way, Riley. Maybe we did. The first scary movie I remember watching was like four years ago. So no. Okay. Well, (laughs) I remember us watching Puppet Master. Oh, that movie. When we were. Oh, good. I don't even know how little we were too young again, too young. And uh there was a scene, and I don't remember which. There have been so many. Riley, have you ever seen any of the Puppet Master movies? No. It's about a bunch of puppets that come to life and murder people. What? Yeah, it's terrifying. Murder and, puppets. <laughs> and they're specifically, like, designed to murder puppets as huh. well. Like, there is one puppet who has a drill for a head. Ugh. I hate it. I hate it already. And there is a scene where the drill head puppet goes and like there's a guy laying there in bed on their on his back asleep and the puppet climbs up on his face, no. sticks his little drill head right in the middle of his forehead and drills a hole in the guy's forehead. Uh-huh. And then they're screaming in blood and whatnot. That scene haunted me. <sighs> I would not that is actually for a long time I could not sleep on my back as if like <laughs> If I sleep on my side or my stomach, then the puppet will have to manipulate itself into a position to get its drill into my forehead that will not be comfortable for the puppet. (laughs) And so it will probably move on (laughs) and murder someone else. Yeah. Yeah. That's logical. Solid kid logic. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds about right. Like when you get really hot at night, so you stick one of your legs out from under the covers and you're like, "Mm, wait, no, monster's going to get me if my foot's out from under the covers. (laughs) Gotta put it back. Gotta put that back so it doesn't get eaten. (laughs) These monsters are that only eat exposed limbs. I need blanketed, my child. There's a very, a very carefully crafted monster code that monsters follow when you're a child, and that is the only thing that keeps you like sleeping in your bed at night. So it's important to know the monster code. Well, this this leads into the broader discussion of horror movies because horror movies follow a code, and you know that's it. Just continues the idea like you follow the rules you don't get killed (laughs) exactly and that that very much does involve like you know hiding sometimes in closets or under beds or whatever Mm -hmm. and then like the scary thing doesn't notice you there and you're okay so i mean i think that follows i've kind of evolved from my monster fears um from not being able to stick my leg out from under the over the blanket to having to close my curtains which like this isn't even like a monster thing this is just like a uh, i don't even know why this scares me so much but i have to like i take my curtains down from the old ties and then i step back once they're down and make sure there are no holes anywhere <laughs> to where you can't see outside at all because it's not even it's worse when there when there's just a small enough hole where you could see like one eye through it if there was someone outside of your window than it is when the entire window is open <laughs> Now you realize someone would have to be levitating. Yeah, to look I mean, like window. they have to climb up like <laughs> nine feet matter. to look through my window. It is not on ground level which, whatsoever. Which now, to be fair, would make it much scarier for right? you to see a right. single eye at your window. Right, that's what my thinking is. <laughs> I always remember that scene from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. Do you remember uh, yeah, the, yeah. In the movie Luke when the Luke friend, friend. <laughs> gets turned into a vampire and he sees him levitating outside his window? Yeah. So, uh, Tay, do you remember your first teen or your first uh, scary movie? I don't know if I remember my first. I mean, definitely seeing Hellraiser is one of the earliest, most like traumatizing memories. I do remember as a teenager, the first like one of the movies that is really iconic of our generation. And when I first saw it, it scared the bejesus out of me was a scream. Yeah, those first like this, that first sequence with Drew Barrymore, that first like 15, 20 minute sequence just terrified me in a whole new way that I didn't know I could be, could be scared. It It's really true. Now, Riley, have you seen the Scream movies? Yeah. I don't know if I've seen all of them, but I know I've seen at least like two of them. And you saw the first one? Yes. Okay. Yes. The, the, the thing about the first one when it came out, and this is probably hard for you to envision looking back on it now, but mm-hmm. when it first came out, we, you knew Drew Barrymore was in it because is she on the box? Oh yeah, she's she's on the cover. She's on she's the cover. Co- but she's, but she's only on the in poster. it for like 
five minutes. Wait, right? but I didn't know that. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, let's let's say right now, if we start to discuss a movie that you haven't seen and want to see and don't want to know the ending of, which like okay, we're gonna talk about it. Maybe <laughs> we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about recent movies too, of course. But like, how long has Scream been out now? The original Scream. <laughs> Yeah, I think the, the spoiler warning on, on Scream, you should have seen it by now. It like, clearly, if you Scream, wanted to see Scream, you would have seen it Scream by now. Scream is expired. It is everywhere. <laughs> like, if you wanted to see Scream, it cannot any longer be one of those movies where you're like, man, I always wanted to see that. I just never got around to it. Like, no, you've had a long time. You're going to get, you've had a chance to be around to it. This is like that conversation from High Fidelity. But if you said, I haven't seen Scream yet. <laughs> Then clearly you intend to, but you must not want to anyway. <laughs> in Scream, like like Riley said, Drew Barrymore's in it for like five minutes. Well, you didn't know that going in. Which, like, no. the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, so this is going to be our main character. Okay. Mm, nope. Never mind. Right. He's dead. And that was the scary thing about Scream is that it, it made you feel very unsafe instantly, I think, mm-hmm. because Drew Barrymore is, is and was a big star and mm-hmm. she's the big star and Oh, now she's dead. Okay. There are no rules in this movie. All of a sudden, and then we learn there are rules. They're very, they're very well defined rules. But <laughs> well, but we learn like right away. Like oh no, we're gonna we're throwing that out because we just killed Drew Barrymore. And, and the other thing that really it was, and I we're, we can definitely talk about this on into your generation, Riley. We were kind of dis- discussing this beforehand, but the big scary movie killers before Scream were all they were quiet, and if they talked it kind of made them less scary. Like, you know, Jason, Michael Myers, they were this, these big, you know, giants and they were silent and that was terrifying. And then you had like Freddy Krueger who talked, but that made him likable and funny. Like this is the first time we had a voice and the voice, like that was the scariest part for me. It took yeah. something as comforting as a telephone, which is like a way of communicating and turned it into like part of the attack, which, which was very unnerving to me. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I I saw that. I'm gonna. I I was wrong when I said my first scary movie was about four years ago. It was actually a little bit longer, and it was actually it actually was Scream, and Mom made me watch it, um, and we saw it a landline, and like right after I watched that movie, <laughs> landline rang. Mom was I forget where Mom was maybe in the bathroom or something. I was like, mm, not gonna answer that. No, it says it's Dad. It's not dad, mm. someone in the house. <laughs> there's someone in here and the call is coming from the inside of the house. It's also, there's also, if you answered the phone at our house, especially during my teenage years, there was a fair chance that someone may on the other end say, hello, Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, how many prank calls did you get sharing, sharing a name with that main character? <laughs> constantly, constantly did I get calls that started with, hello, Sydney. Like, <laughs> Everybody thought it was very funny. It that can and that didn't stop. Like that was that was after the movie came out and then even in college I remember somebody calling my dorm and did that for a while while my roommate was gone so it was me alone in my dorm getting terrifying phone calls pretending yeah. Don't like that one bit. That never that would never stop. Never got never gets old though, right? Haha. <laughs> <laughs> That's my name, main character so funny. of the movie. Uh, but it was interesting because like the screen movies, like we mentioned, laid out this kind of series of rules for for horror movies and then also somewhat for and this kind of brings I mean, we talk we talk about teenagers here on this show. So let's bring them up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of brings it into view into focus for like teens in horror movies are not a new trope. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fair. You know, uh, we we kind of already know that horror movies are, are used to tell like moralistic tales mm-hmm. <laughs> to scare you out of doing bad things. Mm-hmm. Well, and specifically uh, and, in the teen horror genre, like those movies yeah. are, they're, they're almost like just, you know, built like built in control systems for teenage behavior. <laughs> exactly. So don't, don't have sex. Don't do drugs. Don't get don't. drunk. Yep. Um, you certainly don't want to, I mean, they talk about like, you don't want to say, say like, I'll be right back, which I mean, is also implicit in like, don't go somewhere by yourself. Right. Don't don't split up. Don't split up. <laughs> don't go. You know, and and don't split up to they, cover more ground. <laughs> broader than they talk about. Don't don't be sneaking around doing things your parents don't know about. I feel like scary movies have evolved because, like, now when I watch scary movies, unless it is making fun of itself and is being ironic, like if they do the typical thing, like the main characters split up, or like you know they 
do something they're not supposed to be doing or like hear a noise or voice so they follow it instead of running away like i'm just unless it's ironic i'm just like come on now it's been a while come on but i feel like scary movies have evolved to the point to where they make fun of that almost kind of like uh they hear something or like someone suggests splitting up and they're like are you crazy that's like a typical (laughs) horror movie cliche like we're not splitting up what are you talking about and I think that had to happen because it was yeah. like the Scream movies were very self-aware in that they said, don't do these things. Right. But then all the characters in that did them like yeah. they did all those things like yeah. that. They have very specific scenes of the character running up the stairs instead of out the front door. Yeah. And things I mean, like that. and so. every time you see someone running, you know, they're going to trip running from <laughs> the killer. You know, they're going to fall. And the killer is going to walk towards them very slowly, slowly and still yet catch, catch them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me now i don't watch as many scary movies as i do tv shows and again the tv shows i watch have i mean they're all focused on teens really now that i think about it all the scary ones at least and they all make fun of the classic horror movie like cliches like the scream tv series which Mm -hmm. i mean you all were talking about scream being the classic movie of your era there's a Scream TV series now on MTV that's all about like high school age kids and um, a killer, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Scream movies. Um, but like the first episode, Taylor and I were talking about this before we started. The whole first episode is one of the main characters talking about how you could never make a scary movie into a TV series. And it lists all of the reasons why you could never make a scary movie into a TV series. <laughs> Which I like that. That's a very that's a very um, specific, I think, callback. Yeah, to and it's I mean the scream feel, like right? That. Yeah, and it's 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 a good TV series. Like it, you know, it does make a horror movie into a TV series and stretches it out over seasons. But I feel like with all scary TV series or even movie series, where like the Halloween movies or the scream movies, where you have like five mm-hmm. of them, it kind of gets to a point where you're like, all right, there's a killer. They caught him. Oh, no, they didn't catch him. He's back. He's killing more people. Or, like, there's a killer. They caught him. He's dead. But now there's someone taking his place. But that well, was n- new. Yeah. When it, I mean, when it started. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going to say, they also, I mean, if you're going to talk specifically about the Halloween series, they did try to do something different. Yes, and they did. <laughs> horribly wrong. That's, yeah. Halloween 1 and 2, excellent movies. Halloween 3. Shall it not be Halloween up? five? Kids, <laughs> Halloween three. Kids buy masks that turn their heads into snakes and bugs. Silver shamrock. Isn't that there a is ha- the, that is the plot, <laughs> folks? That is the plot. Isn't there a Halloween movie that is a is I mean in the Halloween series that is about them going to the house where the original murders took mm-hmm. place and like filming like a competition reality TV show or something? So I or lo- a reality I lose TV track. show. And then there ends up to be an actual, like, Michael Myers, like, killing them. I, I've seen them all. I know I have. Like, I I saw H2O. Yeah, that was the one I stopped um, at. That was the I one saw, where I was like, all right, no. This I saw bad. the most recent one. What was the one where... I, I don't remember. I've seen I've seen Michael um, Myers versus Jason. I have not Michael seen that. Michael Myers by Jason? I know Jason fought Freddy. Oh, no. Jason fought Freddy, but Michael Myers showed up. <laughs> Wait, what? Was he this a fanfic you wrote? Are you sure? <laughs> no, he's there somewhere. He, oh, I don't know. Anyway, I've seen all the Halloween movies. Uh, I they all get kind of fuzzy after the first few. Things got weird. Like Michael Myers, we knew he was like a force to be reckoned with. He was more than just human because you keep killing him and he keeps not dying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then it got into all the weird kind of like mythology behind it and spooky. Yeah. I don't know, devil stuff. You know, and you all, Everything got kind of weird after yeah, a while, and I didn't yeah. quite follow, like, so is he still just a dude or what? Well, I mean, you all are talking about him, like, not being, like, a human because they keep trying to kill him and he doesn't die. I'm going to be honest. I guess I saw so few Halloween movies, or, like, I saw a reasonable amount of Halloween movies, but they just made so many. I didn't even know that. Well, I mean, the premise <laughs> like, is not that. The premise is that uh, initially of the first Halloween is that he is a guy mm-hmm. who, as a little kid, murdered his parents. Right. What? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah the, o- the opening after, scene yeah after seeing them have sex which is presumably why he's just so angry when teenagers have sex yes the, the opening scene is a little kid in a clown costume murdering okay no i have seen that never mind People. i have seen that yeah no that and then and then like he he escapes from the uh psychiatric hospital where he has lived most of his life when mm-hmm. he is like 20 what 22 or something Something like that. Anyway, he escapes and comes to kill Jamie Lee Curtis, who is his, his sister. sister. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that is the original. So he is just a, he is just a, a human, but right. but the his the Michael Myers figure takes on something yeah. that is extra human after yeah, a while. There's a whole explanation for it, which I don't know. I I, I feel like in that in that set or in that situation. It's better to not know. And I kind of don't like it when they start trying to justify, like, well, because he's like a golem or something. There's, like, some yeah. archaic mythology behind this. It's like, oh, just just make him this big, scary dude in a creepy mask that won't die. That's enough. Yeah. You never had to push that. I mean, I get you wanted more movies, yeah. so giving the backstory is how you get the more movies. But I don't know. Am I am I wrong, or did am I thinking of another movie? when, Or did they make, like, a remake of a pre-Halloween movie about young Michael Myers or something? Am I thinking Maybe. of something else know. where there was like, it was recent too because I remember scenes from it and it was like modern, but all I remember is like a little boy in a Halloween costume and like he killed, they never sh- showed his face, but like he killed like animals at first and I then... Know. I, d- I don't know what you're it talking about. Right? I don't, I don't know. I so. guess I'm thinking But I, it's okay, though, because I made up a movie where Michael and Jason <laughs> are fight, too. That's now, a cool movie, though, that I made up. A movie that does exist is Jason X, where it's in outer space. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I like yeah. The, yeah, I think this happens in, in film franchises. You just get to some point, like, uh, just go to space. Go to space. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> Take him to outer space. <laughs> it's what they already do. But, yeah. but that's, and those movies all kind of fit together. It's like, you've got the Halloween movies, Michael Myers kills teenagers who are having sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then other stuff too, but initially that's it. You've got the uh, Friday the 13th movies where, of course, Jason hates all the camp counselors because they also are having sex. Um, and then, I mean, I guess like the kids of, of Nightmare on Elm Street aren't, they're just kids. No, they're, they're teenagers too. Johnny Depp gets eaten by a bed. Well, yeah, I mean, they're teenagers. Spit back out his 18 million gallons of blood because Johnny Depp has so much blood in him. <laughs> <laughs> but but they are very much uh, stories, as we've kind of referenced, to like scare you from doing bad things. And, and they are... Sleeping, kind of, terrible thing to do. <laughs> well, I don't mean... That's why I said I don't think Nightmare on Elm Street fits in there quite as well. But, um, but do you think like... I have movies moved past that much because I, when I think about like a modern scary movie that falls into that line, and I, mean, I mentioned this before we started uh, recording, but it follows, which I know you haven't, yeah, seen, I haven't seen that one, Riley, but it was it, it's very much the same idea. It is something like a thing, it that you get from having sex, yeah, and it follows you till it kills you, and then you pass it, but unless you pass it on to somebody else by having sex. Which is terrifying. I hate that already. Um, <laughs> it has, it has but, Riley's two least favorite things, <laughs> sex and killing. Yes. But, but would that Riley's movie too. exist in a vacuum? If it wasn't for the precedent set by movies prior, I, I still think that movie is, is informed and exists because of that trope. Like, yes. It's an expiration on it, but I, I don't think... I think that movie is still meta. I think it's still referential to other horror movies, even if the mm-hmm. characters don't seem to be self-aware. Right. Yeah, I'm trying... I'm, I've been sitting here thinking about recent Halloween movies, or scary movies, and um, I feel like most of them are movies that either fall into the category of they're scary, but they mean something deeper than just being, like, a scary person that kills someone. Like like the Babadook. I, I don't know, Sydney, you've seen that. Taylor, you've seen yeah. that, right? Oh, yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, yeah that, that's a really beautiful and, like, movie, yeah. which is weird because it is a horror movie, right. but it's a, it's a beautiful, it touching movie. It terrified me for the first 98% of it, and then the last, like, 10 minutes, you realize, oh, okay. Like, you realize, like, the deeper, hidden, secret meaning behind this terrifying, terrifying creature um but i feel like there are a lot of movies now that either are like that that like make you think 
by also just like making you pee your pants. Yeah, and also lead to like maybe your husband picking up the other end of the baby monitor every time you're in the yeah. nursery and going bah, bah, <laughs> duck, 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 over and over. He even he even taught Charlie how to say Baba Duck. Yeah. So oh, great. You're on there. It's pretty Baba good. Duck, Baba <laughs> Duck. That must be um, terrifying to live with baby monitors because they're only an object of terror to me. Like yeah. that's that's all they represent, just used in horror movies for effect. Um, so far she hasn't spoken to any like spirits on it so have you ever thought about how your baby is saying baba duck maybe she should have been saying baby duck <laughs> what good good one riley i know right because <laughs> uh, it sounds like baby <laughs> yeah, just let that, that and she's one. a baby just throw that one back out into the pond <laughs> <laughs> um anyways or they are something that could never have been made before this time period because they're focused on something that's either like a new topic or like idea or they focus solely on the use of cell phones and laptops like Unfriended, mm -hmm. which uh, if no one has seen. Taylor, have you seen Unfriended? Oh, yeah. It's a great movie. Okay. I enjoyed uh, it. I'm only asking because, like, I feel like all these scary movies, Sydney is the one who has made me watch. <laughs> so she's been there. And Sorry, in my endless, endless watching of horror movies, I've come across most of these. Yes. Um, but it's all, you all see it all through the screen of computer, right? Yeah, it's people on, um, like a Skype call. Like a Skype call. Like they're all on it all together, teenagers. though. Yeah, like on a group Skype call. Is that um, okay? Let me ask you. By the way, is that a thing that teenagers do? Do they do no. you get? Because the the way they all click on is like everybody get on the call. Like this is what we do now. It's evening yeah. time. Everybody no. get on your Skype call. No. Okay. Uh, I mean, sometimes I Facetime with one of my friends, but I don't like you get don't together all sit around Skyping with a and Okay. Skype each other. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. But it all takes place through like all you're looking at is her computer screen, right? Like you don't ever mm -hmm. see anything outside of it. No. no. Um. Well, until the very end. But, right. uh, and it's like, <laughs> it's the anniversary wow. of someone at their school who had committed suicide, right? Yep. Because of them? Or well, because that's of what, one That's of what we uncover is that one of them is guilty. Yeah, you don't know which one it is. And someone like hacks into their Skype call and then they all start dying in horrifying ways. And like, <laughs> you all start, like, they all start seeing from this new mystery person that's joining their Skype call, like, videos of the other people which is even more horrifying. Like now that cell phones with cameras on them and laptops with cameras on them have been introduced into the world, all scary movies have used someone else taking pictures of you while you're not looking and sending them to you. Like, I don't know if you all have seen Hush on Netflix. No. But Taylor, have you seen that? I actually haven't. I, I've been recommended it's, that one. It's really good. But um, it's, I mean, it's about a deaf girl who lives in the woods by herself and the way she realizes there's someone in her house because of course she can't hear anything that's going on behind her and she's like writing on her laptop she starts getting texts from her phone number on her laptop which are just pictures of her from behind like at that minute which is horrifying because then she turns around her door's open her phone's not on the counter anymore but where's the person that's sending pictures of her uh, who knows that's very scary it's that's, awful you know what's interesting though is you say unfriended like it is representative of the time because it's using technology and and you know a way of communicating yeah. and even the way like the filming and everything that it could not have existed right. back when taylor and i were teenagers for sure uh, but i think the other weird thing about it is that it is kind of representative of a deeper message it all these people are in a group they are with each other on a skype call they are connected but at the same time they are utterly alone yeah uh, uh, underlined by the fact that they are murdered isn't i no. mean it's and it, I, I think it, i think you could read into it something really powerful about the, yeah. the the possibility of technology isolating us as much as it seems to be bringing us together yeah and i think one thing that i, I was funny kind of i guess like the uh, early aughts like a lot of horror movies had this as as a big horror fan, it was a moment that always took me out of the movie where you had to figure out how to get rid of the cell phones. Like, yeah. oh, you don't get cell service out here. Like, oh no, like the network's down. Like, it was always some ridiculous way to just, because it's like horror movie writers like, oh no, like cell phones would literally solve 99% of the problems in a horror movie. And so it's cool that like a new generation of writers have found a way to make these objects feel like false security and like mm -hmm. utilized and there and they should make you give you you a way out but instead they're objects of the terror like that's 
that's kind yeah, of a, it, a good way of dealing with it. It is really interesting because that was one of my theories why um, a TV series recently, which I think is is not quite horror, but in that family of Stranger Things, yeah, of, of things that are it, it, there so are good. lots of scary moments. Uh, where if you take something like that and put it back in before you know, there were cell phones, before there were cell phones, you yeah. then you don't even have to deal with any of those problems. It's like, uh, right. how do we get around? Look, let's just set it all in the eighties. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> uh, one problem I do have with unfriended one. I'm trying to think of others. I'm sure there are others, and maybe this is answered in unfriended. But I've never understood like all these teens are in their house and they obviously don't live by themselves because they're all still in high school, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. they're not living alone. And all of them live in in a house and it's hard for me to believe that every single one of them is at home alone the entire, like, hour and a half that they're on this Skype call. Like, could they not just walk out their door and be like, hey, mom and dad, there's some spooky stuff going <laughs> down. I need some adult assistance. It it is interesting that a lot of these scary movies you have to exi- they have to exist in sort of like a peanuts like universe. That's where there are exactly. No adults yeah. adults are only occasional vague noises in the yeah. corner that someone that is addressing them, but most of the time they're not there. Like I feel like a lot of these movies that center around teens, like scary movies that center around teens, could be fixed if they just told an adult like, <laughs> listen, <laughs> some bad stuff's going I down. I need an adult. I need an like, adult. I've never seen. I know what you did last summer. But is it not just about someone blackmailing a group of teenagers? Well, yes. Well, and killing them. But yeah, of. I mean, they're they're blackmail. You know what? You know what they did last summer, though. Okay, like, <laughs> you someone. know what they did right. last summer. That's right. important. The well, murder. That, they actually came up with a good way to remove the adult from the equation in those movies because if they would have told, they would have ruined they their futures. Granted, it's true. Yeah, I mean, get in trouble or or die with a hook. Like, there's that's there's one of those I that's mean, worse. Yeah. But that definitely is true. That a lot of those movies do exist in this weird, weird world where you just don't see adults. In Scream, there are very yeah. few parents. You know, like definitely, I know what you did last summer. Final Destination. It's like death is stalking me, mom and dad. <laughs> you also, I think, you could make the case that some of that, especially when we go to the older movies, is kind of that the hangover from that attitude that that very prominent like anti-establishment attitude that probably developed for the filmmakers you know, from their era, from the generations of people who were making these movies, where, like, the don't trust anybody over 30 kind of attitude. That used to be a thing. Yeah. used to be a saying. Where, like, adults are not to... Adults aren't going to help you because adults are part of the problem. Mm -hmm. We have to figure a way through this situation, whether that be, you know, our current political environment, our (laughs) climate change, our world, whatever, or this guy that's trying to murder us yeah. whatever it is we got to figure out our way to, together because we can't trust adults i think you see some of that kind of pervading older horror movies yeah and maybe that's starting to go away because i don't think i mean do you feel that way do you inherently not trust anybody who's older? no no i really don't feel that way i mean like if i i'm gonna be honest if i was on a group like skype call with all my buds and one of them got killed by a ghost like <laughs> And mom and dad were like 10 feet away. I wouldn't just be like, I'm going to handle this on my own. I am a cool, independent young woman. I can handle this all by myself. No, I'd be like running out of my room, (laughs) screaming and crying, calling every person I know, running down the hill, going to Sydney's house, calling my parents. Like, I no part of me would just be like, I can handle this on my own. I am so strong. I don't need adults. I don't trust adults. Like, no. What? What, one movie that is very uh, embracing me, Don't Trust Anyone Over 30, then, and one of my favorites, uh, said, do you remember Faculty? Oh, yeah. Uh, which, oh, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I, I don't know if you remember, like, I recently rewatched that, and that's a that's a great movie. It's by Ro- Robert Rodriguez directed it, which I never knew, and it has huh. Jon Stewart as, like, a evil science teacher, which is great. But, I mean, definitely, like, you know, in that movie, the kids are on their own because basically all of the adults, all of the infrastructure of the city, like, anyone that has any any power or, or you know, ability is evil. Yeah. It's <laughs> a so very anti-establishment in that movie. <laughs> well, and I mean, and I'm sure part of that is what you kind of were talking about, Riley. Like, you have to find a way to kind of remove the adults from the equation to... Otherwise, there's like, it's just like cell phones. Yeah. There's like this automatic fix for the situation. Yeah. Just go get your parents. The only fix that I've seen, like, 
uh, a production do is like the Scream TV series again. I know I've brought it up already, but they like bring the adults into it. So mm-hmm. like the teens are the main focus of this killer's like, you know, killing. <laughs> but they bring the adults into it. Like the teens tell the adults and they know what's going on, but the adults are also getting killed and they right. are like witnesses to it. Oh, so they wow. bring them into it. So there's no way where you could be like, well, just tell somebody like, yeah, they have told somebody and he got killed. Like, well, they, he also, well, the, the killer rather that cuts the, cuts the final girl, so to speak off in a really, cre- not a creative way, but it, once again, a useful employment of the phone because it's like, if you go to the police with this, you know, I'm going to kill so-and-so. And the killer does follow through on that. So it's like, the phone, yeah. once again, is just this controlling object. Or anything that happens, she has to do certain things or, like, meet him certain places. Or else, you know, he's going to kill somebody she cares about. It's it's very much allows that omnipotence that, you know, that the classic movie villains have had. Uh, which yeah. you, mo- you mentioned, The Final Girl, which is also a fine... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, have not seen it. That is also an excellent, oh. which calls out again, kind of that like meta horror movie where you where you examine all horror movies through a different one. Uh, the idea that there usually is, I don't know, is this like woman power? <laughs> there usually is a uh, like the final girl, the girl that gets to yeah. live, the girl, the, the Jamie Lee Curtis, the girl mm-hmm. that gets to win and live at the end. Well, yeah, um, the good I girl, would... the brave girl. I think it's less impact. I mean, if we look classically at the the origins of that trope, and this is me kind of spitballing here, but don't you think it's a bit directing the moralistic tale towards a towards a woman? It's like young girls, if you do drugs and have sex and party, you will die. The woman that lives is the young virginal the didn't one do anything pure. wrong. Yeah, so that, yeah, maybe, that's true. Like. Because, I mean, let's be real. Like, if you're a dude in a horror movie, you're dead either way. Like, Yeah, yeah that's true. The dudes I mean, don't the get nerd, to make it. I mean, the nerd, the jock, the cool guy. Like, yeah, you all die. Yeah. I feel like the, the lesson is far more pointedly directed at, at, at women. So the emergence of the final girl, maybe now it's used in an empowering way. Like, definitely mm-hmm. you can't say that, like, Jamie Lee Curtis is a weak lead or Nev Campbell. But, like... Maybe the origin is a little bit not empowering. <laughs> no, yeah. I, th- I think you're right. The, I think the origin very much is the final girl is the, the virgin. Yeah. Which, um, is, which is gross. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Makes it gross. As I say it, I think how uh, gross that statement is. I've been but. sitting here thinking about horror movie like cliches when it comes to like character wise. Is there not always uh, typically a girl, I would say, but sometimes a guy, I guess, that you kind of hate at first? that's either mean to the main character, like mean to the final girl or mean to everyone. And you kind of want them to die, but then either they do die and you feel bad because like something happens at the end where you're like, Oh man, I hate that. Or like they don't die and someone else dies instead of them. And you realize like when they start getting scared too, that like they're not that mean of a person. Like, is there not always one of those in all horror movies? A Cordelia. (laughs) Oh yeah. There you go. That's a good, that's a good, oh gosh, that's from Buffy. I think there's, there's always a best friend and they almost always die. And I feel like the best friend is always kind of like the more cliche, the party girl, the, like maybe the more popular one, the more outgoing one. Right. And I, I've often, and maybe I'd ask you girls, who would you be in a horror movie? Where, where do you see yourself? Because I unfortunately have a best friend that is, way more straight-laced than me, so I know I'm going to be the spunky best friend that dies in the final <laughs> reel. <laughs> That's just my lot in life. <laughs> See, I'm the opposite. I have a best friend that is the, the, the party girl. And so I, you're a final girl. <laughs> I think I might be a final girl. I think you might be too. I, I guess I'm the murderer. <laughs> no, so you might be no, the nerd that knows too much. Yeah. Oh, There's always one of those bad. that could probably think themselves out of the situation and everybody else. But no one listens to them, and they die before they can really be effective. You're the yeah. Noah of this Scream TV series. Yeah. Oh. Or, or the Randy. I'm the Randy. <laughs> I knew I was the Randy. Yeah. Man, that sucks. <laughs> um, one one kind of genre of movies that I think started when we were younger, Tay, and it, it really has found its footing more recently. Well, not more recently, but since then, is like the found footage oh, kind yeah. of, of uh, horror movie. Starting with like Blair Witch Project. Which I did enjoy, except it was so shaky. It's so shaky. And I'm one of those people when I watch like 
home movies or found footage kind of stuff where it's really like it's filmed very shakily i get really nauseous mm-hmm. yeah some people got really sick for that i loved it but that that movie really did it was a game changer because it was the first really like relevant found footage film but the advertising around that was excellently done there was a special on i believe it was the sci-fi channel Mm-hmm. a fake documentary about the history of the the bell witch and it it played straight like as if if you just saw it on tv it's like oh this is cool and then this movie came out and they like hit all the actors like had them like they, they didn't do any press for it it was totally presented as just the object of what it is once yeah. we got used to that that believability went out the window but that movie did kind of carry with it that mystique of like is this real am i watching a supernatural snuff film like what is this (laughs) it did i i actually i remember seeing the documentary and thinking like oh wow that's that's gonna be crazy when it comes out and like having having a moment where i bought it before i went wait a second right (laughs) i can't be right uh now whenever they say based on true events (laughs) a true true story the beginning of a movie That's not always true, is it? Well, I mean, I, yes it's possible no. that it could be, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't assume it's true. Okay, well, because get- those terrify me more <laughs> than any other scary movie ever. And even though I know they're probably not true, like all the paranormal activity movies, say based on a true story at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that movie? Um, the Conjuring. Have you all seen The Conjuring? Mm, yeah. I, I actually thought The Conjuring was based it on a real life. It is based on a true story, which makes it worse because <laughs> the two like supernatural ghost hunters yeah. are real people. Like right. Obviously not the actors, but those are real people that have that real doll and have this real experience. And like, now I have what? that doll living in my home. <laughs> yeah, now Sydney has the haunted doll living in her house. Well, a lot of those movies, what they're based on, I mean, like The Exorcist is based on real events, supposedly. I mean, and it is, it is based on a real case study of a young boy who went through an exorcism and was supposedly possessed. But that's yeah. kind of more, it's like the, the you know, the, the couple in The Conjuring, like they have cases and they have, you know, like a famous history as, as paranormal export, experts. And that's the basis is their claims and, you know, their stories. So, yeah. You know, no. is, there, is there evidence that there are like evil <laughs> demons in a house? <laughs> now, I mean, that's not like The Ring, which, of course, you know that's real, right? I don't know what the Super ring is. real. What? Yeah, The Ring. The, mo- the Ring, the scary movie with The Ring, where there's the movie, if you watch it, you'll die Mm-mm. seven days later. Mm-mm. Well, that's absolutely true. That movie's out there. Don't watch it. It's not true, Sydney. Yeah, no, that's 100% true. No. Oh, yeah. No. Don't watch that movie. Sydney, this is like when we went to the science <laughs> museum where they have bodies on display, and you promised me that those weren't real people. <laughs> I know now those were real people. You can't tell me that, that was definitely based on a true story and it, expect me to believe you it now. It seemed to freak you out, and it was such a cool thing. You're a dirty, dirty liar who lies about <laughs> science. I also I also <laughs> once told Taylor, I convinced Taylor that there was a difference between a pig and a pork. Yeah, that, that <laughs> happened. I'm not proud of that. And it was how curly the tail was is how mm. you could tell the <laughs> I was going to defend myself with youth, but I don't think I was that young. I think that I was well beyond the age that I should have known there was no difference. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I I did watch... The Ring was scary. The Ring was very... The original movie it's based off of, maybe more so, you know. Nightmares for days. Yeah. And, and oh. everybody watched the clock their seventh day, just like, oh, seven days, huh? Like, it just was in the back of your head. And, and obviously, Sydney and I lived through our seven days. That being said, with as popular as that movie was, that's a big list to do list for uh, that little girl. So maybe our, we just yeah. haven't. Our S is a is a low last name <laughs> on the list. Like maybe she just hasn't made it to us yet. Maybe she's still coming. <laughs> um, now, like, have you all watched American Horror Story ever? Yeah, you've watched some of it. Oh, every well, season. I've watched some of it. Yeah. I've watched Taylor, all of it. Yeah, I was gonna say I know Taylor's watched all of it. Um, that is another TV series, but it also does this new thing that a lot of TV series don't do, which is like a new storyline every season. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a movie, kind of like a movie that is broken up into pieces that you watch over the course of um, a few months. Like but, a mini series. Yeah, it, I mean, that, it's a mini series, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's a name for that. But I mean, like, it doesn't do that thing where a lot of horror TV shows do where, like, you get a killer and he dies and then you get a new one that takes his place or like he comes back somehow like it ends it and a lot of the time you're left with questions but it also like is really good 
It is really good, and I do I, I love the changing settings, but they do all relate in various ways, which I they find do. really awesome. Like, which like yeah. of course after one season you wouldn't know that, but then after like five you go back and you, the people tell you that like oh yeah this character is this character in this season, and then like in the last I think it was maybe the last season you see like the exact same setting from the first season mm-hmm. in the last season. Mm-hmm. Which is which is also I think that you that you provide a good example of using um, uh, horror movies and horror television in this mm-hmm. case to t- to tell stories yeah. or to to talk about it, like important topics, yeah, controversial topics and that kind of thing. I think you yeah. see that through the different seasons yeah. of um, American Horror Story. And that's another one that confused a lot of people with this most recent season because it is a TV show within a TV show. Like right. American Horror Story is the TV show we are watching. But it is a, a fake TV show called My Roanoke Nightmare that the people in the TV show are pretending to be real people on. And that fake TV show is what is based on real events, which is what the fake real people are talking about. But it also freaked out literally everyone that watched it because at the beginning it says based on real events. And then you're like, What? Well, it's like one but of those no. fake but paranormal you investigations. You. Yeah. No, no, I don't I, think anyone was thinking like, whoa, wow, they went documentary with this season. Oh, no. goodness. Like, I knew that's what it was because when you realize after a minute you have like real person testimonials and an actor portrayal that's the actual like scary stuff is the portrayal by quote unquote actors, which are real actors being actors, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that's like not really based on true events as fake TV show is. But then, like, I go to school the next day, and people are like, do you see season of American Horror Stories based on true events? And I'm like, mm, no. Well, I, it's actually, it, it is, it isn't, though. Well, I mean, it's it's based on the Roanoke colony that disappeared, right. you know, the whole Crow Which is, like, a, a true event. Yeah. And that is, Which is yeah. very clever, because the writers behind American Horror Story said this season, we have a true American Horror Story, <laughs> which is very clever and oh. also very true. I... I don't think Kathy Bates is actually a, an evil ghost. <laughs> like, well, no, not that I've heard. You know, I've never met her, but she's very talented. Um, I I do think it again. Like when we look at more recent movies, too, uh, you see that like very clearly using horror to um, dissect the horror genre or to talk about big issues. Like um, I was thinking of the movie uh, The Cabin in the Woods. Oh, that's a which is totally like the meta horror movie to end all. Confused me so bad. <laughs> we, leave it to Joss Whedon to just be like, just like blow it all open. Like we're just gonna come up with clever explanations for everything. We're gonna get this whole mythos behind why horror movies exist. Like that movie is so much fun. It's it's amazing. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, movies like that, and I think mm-hmm. uh, Detention, you would say, is that same way. Oh, for sure. Which is a movie about like a teen slasher flick, right? <laughs> I mean, like, it's your classic teen slasher movie, except there's also time travel. Why not? (laughs) Um, And then it also has, like, that uh, kind of that, like, sarcastic, like, Juno-esque, like, teen humor, I would say. Like, kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, I I don't know. It's a a really great evolution of the horror genre where there are are moments where you are absolutely not scared. There are times in that movie where you're like, this isn't a horror movie. Um, but it but it's cool. It's a yeah. it's a neat play on the horror movie. I, I think Cabin Fever is the same way. Uh, Cabin Fever is one of my all time favorites. But I I would say for me, Cabin Fever hits that uh what I like to call the uh, the Raimi sweet spot, and mm-hmm. it's it's in reference to obviously Sam Raimi did Evil Dead, and there's Evil Dead One, Evil Dead Two, and Army of Darkness, all time favorite like horror movie trilogy for me. But my favorite's the second one because whereas the first one maybe is trying to be completely serious, but there's so much that's so goofy that you kind of got to laugh at it. You're just not sure if you're supposed to. And Army of Darkness, clearly supposed to be goofy, not scary at all. Uh, there's that Evil Dead 2, like, there are moments that are genuinely disturbing. And mm-hmm. then there's so much, like, well-written dark humor and stuff that just you're supposed to laugh at. And those, that's where my favorite kind of movie lives. And Cabin Fever is just so truly disturbing, but also so truly ridiculous and hilarious. Like, I, I think um, Trick or Treat would fall in there, too. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I think yeah. Trick or Treat would fall into that, into that sweet spot. And that's one of my favorites as yeah. well. It's mm-hmm. a good, like, funny, scary, different little vignettes that tie together and mm. a really good, really well done I, Halloween movie. Have either of you seen Pontypool? 
No. Oh. I never did, did I? We almost watched it like 10 times. That's that's another one I would I would throw in there and uh, I don't want to give anything away. Everybody should see it, but the the I think because we have more like I, it's kind of like we were talking about cartoons how because we had a generation of kids that grew up with better cartoons, they went forward and made even better, more creative cartoons, which is what we're having mm-hmm. the boom of now. I think a similar thing happened in horror movies. And it's like the idea, it's not just some big dude in a mask killing people. Like that idea, it's like, if we're going to do that, we're going to do it in a new way, a funny way, a creative way. But there's also just so many ideas in horror, like what can be your villain? And that, that movie has such an interesting idea at its core. Um, But then, I mean, so did Cabin Fever. Necrotizing fasciitis is your bad guy. (laughs) That's awesome. That's also why. That and the inclusion of Ryder Strong are why it's one of my favorite movies. And that weird sequence where the kid with the mullet just, like, does karate and screams, Pancakes! (laughs) 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 That's just my favorite scene in any movie ever. You know, sisters, as we've been talking about this, it is... I've never thought about how many scary movies, basically all of, all scary movies, are based on teenagers. Like, I am at the prime age right now where if I'm going to be killed by any mass serial killer, mm-hmm. it's going to be now. If I'm going to be trapped in a cabin in the woods with a bunch <laughs> of, like, scary movie mythical creatures living below me, it's going to be now. It, it really is true that that, and I don't know if that's because um, we... You don't, I mean, you can't make a scary movie very easily, I think, with little children because... No, that's awful. That's, that's against mean, the rules. Nobody wants to see that. That's Unless not fun. Unless the bad person is a little person, which is even more terrifying than the bad person <laughs> like, is an adult. Evil five-year-old killing other, like, cool five-year-olds. I don't want to see that movie. No. Don't make that movie. No one. No, but if it's like a Chucky scenario, that's pretty yeah, scary. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Um, but and if if they're adults i think that it depends on how you use the adults like you can kill off adults but then in some situations like some of the scary movies it just wouldn't work yeah. um i don't know because adults have too Adult much power camp. and responsibility <laughs> and yeah and so like they can't get into some of the fun situations or i don't know <laughs> well i i think that's exactly right i think that a teenager is the ideal horror movie victim because First off, you guys have that, you know, invulnerable syndrome. Like, you, you don't think anything can kill you. You're kind of at the peak of your youth. I mean, it's it's kind of like, you know, and and you might not react in the most intelligent ways all the time. Your emotions are far more intense. Like, Well, you know, that's because our frontal lobe isn't fully developed yet. And that's the center of your brain that makes decisions. And we can't make very good decisions. Yes, we have a fully formed brain. See, I thought it's what you had died inside, but if that's what it is, that makes me feel better about being more rational. Doesn't fully develop until you're 21. That's a joke. No, but I mean that that really is a good point, and you also that also plays into like when you think about supernatural horror movies, where the idea is that like teenagers are more like um, they're more in touch because they're so in in hormonal like torture and you know yeah. the, the tumult the tumult of their hormones and everything makes them vulnerable to sort of spiritual attacks and you yeah. know and we're and also kind body of at that snatching scenarios yeah. <laughs> kind of at that age <laughs> like where like if something bad starts happening we're like it's paranormal we're like oh come on ghosts aren't real demons aren't real come on this isn't real but then like if we tell an adult about it and we realize that it is real they're like oh come on this isn't real like no one believes us but we don't believe it either <laughs> um what are so i think you've already mentioned your favorite scary movies taylor yeah the evil I mean, dead i mean de- definitely the evil dead series um uh I, I mean i classically i one of the only movies to ever really horrify me is uh the exorcist and i don't know who can mm-hmm. watch that movie and not just feel like they've they've doomed themselves <laughs> to possession <laughs> I, I really do feel that way about The Exorcist. It, it, it will always stick out in my mind as one of the scariest movies ever. Um, and I don't, I don't know if part of that is is your like our upbringing or our you know our religious background. If that's part of why that plays on my psyche so strongly, because mm-hmm. I, I mentioned before the other movie that did that to me was The Exorcism of Emily Rose, mm-hmm. which to this day I occasionally have nightmares about that movie. It really don't, stuck in my head. Yeah. And don't you think um, that in that sense, those movies kind of go against the one center rule of horror movies? Because the victim is an innocent young girl. Like, yeah. 
Maybe that's, that's why, as a good girl, maybe that's why those movies <laughs> are so scary. That's like you're so safe upsetting. from all the serial killers, but those demons. But but I'll Prime. take a I'll take a detention or a trick or treat or a cabin fever over those, those movies any favorite? day. Yeah, mm. I mean those those kinds of movies or cabin in the woods. I don't know. I'd have to sit down and really analyze to pick the best of those. Uh. But like something that's a little more fun. Yeah, I, uh, perhaps Idle Hands. Have you? <laughs> there you go. I zo- zombie Seth Green. <laughs> The Babadook is a really good movie, guys. It is. It's an excellent uh, that film. That might it be is. my favorite. Like, it is really good. I've rewatched it a few times because the first time I watched it, I didn't really watch it for the movie, like mm-hmm. the meaning behind the movie. I just watched it like and closed my eyes half the time because it was awful and horrifying. But then you rewatch it a few times and you're past the terrifying parts because you know when they're going to be. And you can watch it for the deeper meaning. I think that's a good answer. Yeah. Uh, Riley, since you're a teenager, our, I, I guess we need to give you advice to survive these years. So that you don't get murdered, right? Yeah. So that you don't fall victim to a horror film. Um, Well, I mean, I think we need to like, but just as the horror movies tell you, don't do drugs, don't drink alcohol, don't have sex, don't go anywhere by yourself. Always let your parents know what's going on. Okay. Um, Do we have any other rules for? But then, if you do all that, you might get possessed. So. Like, you gotta be it's like. Really, a take little... your pick. Do you wanna get possessed <laughs> or do you wanna get killed by a serial killer? Like, how can you be like, just. I guess this is what it is. You gotta be crummy enough that a demon's gonna be like, nah. But then you've also gotta surround yourself with people that are way worse than you so they get killed off first. I think I'm and... at that place. That's <laughs> where it. I am. <laughs> you did it. And if you have a group of friends who ever try to drag you off to anything that has been abandoned mm-mm, or mm-mm. is remote nope, or is nope. chained off and you're not supposed to enter. Nope. I will never no do cabins ever. ever. Cabins are always bad. They always go to bad places. They always mm-hmm. have demons in the basement or something. No cabins. Yeah. And if somebody rolls up with a big old like van and everybody's hanging out in the back of it smoking weed. You don't just do it. Don't get in. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, sisters, for giving me advice on how to survive serial killer attacks and demon possessions. And can I say for our listeners, one movie we didn't mention that's not really a horror film, but it is the Halloween season. And I would be remiss not to tell you to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. Please watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh whenever you have the chance. Oh, that's that's going to be my Halloween night. I was just talking to a buddy about going to a live show of it. Like, that's. <laughs> yeah. And the new live one. Yeah, going to be out on this TV. Month, so. Yeah, but yeah. but I would I would recommend if you're not into scary stuff, there you it's go. It's a musical. It's a so. treat. So yeah. thank you, sisters, as always. Um, yeah. I now I need to go watch scary movies. I know I really want to now. Yeah, because that was so much fun. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you all so much for um, checking out what we're thinking about and talking about every week. <laughs> Great way of putting that. Like, where is this going? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just really, I love you guys. And I just wanted to say it. And I got all basically what Cindy's saying is words. thank you for listening to our show. <laughs> Not always the most eloquent, but <laughs> eloquent. I believe it is eloquent. Eloquent. Uh, thank you to Maximum Fun for hosting our show. Check out maximumfun.org for a lot of other wonderful podcasts that you will enjoy. Um, you can join our Facebook page. It's still buffering on Facebook. Uh, we will let you in. Uh, if you are not a robot and you can tweet at us at still buff, you can email us at still buffering at maximum If you want a jumbotron, which is a personal message um, from you to anyone out there in the world, uh, we will do it for you. We will say it for you or read it for you or sing it for you, whatever Sometimes you prefer. We'll sing it. <laughs> Sometimes we'll sing it even. Uh, and you can go to maximumfun.org forward slash jumbotron and, and do that if you like. So check that out. Yeah. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, You Change Your Mind. This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And I was too. <laughs> <laughs>
The Flophouse. Three friends talk about bad movies and make each other and you laugh. Rated R. The Flophouse is playing at your ears. If you download it right now or whenever. Rated R. To purchase tickets to The Flophouse, you don't need to do that. Just download it. The Flophouse. Rated R. For nudity, I guess. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.